Pittsburgh 1130. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. 13 minutes to go ahead of the close on a Wednesday. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all higher Dow and S&P on track for a new record. As quarterly numbers out of Microsoft and Morgan Stanley spurred optimism that corporate earnings can support further gains. Microsoft shares, they're up 6% right now, Morgan Stanley up 1.8%. The Dow up 49 points to 18,680, a gain of three-tenths of 1%. S&P 500 index up 10 to 2174, a gain of five-tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up 57, a gain of 1.1%. Ten-year down 8.30 seconds, yield 1.58%. And gold down 18.30 the ounce to 13.14, a drop there of 1.4%. Crude oil, West Texas Intermediate, up 29 cents, 44.94 a barrel, a gain of 7 tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. It's time now for the ETF report. It's brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. Let's go to Catherine Cowdery for the ETF report. ETFs are growing at a faster rate than mutual funds, and Fred Tomzik, chief executive at TD Ameritrade Holding, expects that pattern to continue. This is a trend that I think you're going to continue to see, and particularly in this world with low-cost index funds in a world where returns are rather hard to come by. Tomzik says there are some TD Ameritrade clients that rely heavily on ETFs. This has been a long-term secular trend that we're, you know, we're well-positioned for. Uh, you know, trading clients use a lot, use index products a lot. Uh, particularly the SPY and SPX symbol, and to uh, increasingly future symbols uh, to get exposure to other things around the world and be able to trade 524. In addition, TD Ameritrade is seeing its long-term investors shift from traditional mutual funds to ETFs. TD Ameritrade is planning to launch a digital advice platform or robo-advisor for its self-directed clients next year. Robo-advisors typically use ETFs to build their portfolios. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Oil. Oil prices are up after the ninth weekly U.S. crude drawdown. Here to tell us more about oil, commodities, and metals is Gordon Johnson. He is Managing Director and Head of Alternative Energy Research at Axiom Capital Management. Gordon, thank you very much for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, so go ahead. Let's start off with oil prices. And why do you think we're seeing this rally, at least a modest rally in oil prices, but also the rally in commodity-based stocks? Yeah, so I think the rally in commodity-based stocks has been driven mainly by expectations of stimulus. Um, Clearly, after the Brexit vote, unexpected Brexit vote, um, a number of uh, central banks came out and said definitively that they were going to um, stimulate um, if needed. And then you had China and Japan, for example, China and Japan. But more specifically, then you had the big win in Japan um, and their um, central bank and and their essentially their their leader came out and said that he was going to drop helicopter money. So it's we don't think it's being driven by fundamentals. We think it's being driven by expectations on stimulus. So we think the rallies are very weak uh, with respect to stimulus. substance. Now, you've done a little research that explains that about $100 billion in helicopter stimulus money from Japan would equate to just 2.4% of GDP for the country. That's correct. So that, that's, a, that's a good point. So, so the point is, people 
hear helicopter money and the robo traders um, and the machines see helicopter money or, you know, the, it, it's put in the headlines and stocks go crazy. But when you do the math, it's only 2.4% of uh, Japan's GDP. Japan has a debt-to-GDP ratio roughly 230%. Keep in mind, China did about a trillion dollars in new credit in the first quarter. That was a record amount. That was essentially stimulus. And they have a debt-to-GDP similar to Japan's, a bit higher at 250%. And a trillion dollars, not $100 billion, but a trillion dollars only brought them two months of good data. The data has subsequently turned lower. So the point is 100 billion dollars is like trying to kill an elephant with a fly swatter. We think it means nothing fundamentally, but it's again, it's 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 driving uh headlines and, and invigorating animal spirits. All right. Well, trying to kill an elephant with a fly swatter is a fool's errand. Tell us about the United States and will the United States have to embark on some kind of fiscal stimulus program? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think the United States, um, you know, if you think about it, um, unemployment is below 5%, and there's already discussions whether there's any slack left in the economy. Um, so I think another major stimulus in the United States is highly unlikely. Um, and, and just really quick on oil, I think the real issue I have with oil and why we think over the near term oil prices are going to fall is because our worries lie with the products, gasoline and diesel. Um, and, and, and if you look at the products, they're stuffed to the gills across the world, the U.S., EU, and, and all also Asia. Um, so, you know, that is essentially demand for oil. And then from a supply perspective, we think OPEC is going to increase supply. Um, so we just think from a supply-demand perspective, we think supply is going to overtake demand for oil again in the fourth quarter, and you get some, you'll get, you're going to get some pressure there. All right. I was taking a look at some of the transport sectors. For example, railroad shipments are falling at the fastest rate, I believe, since like 2009. Profits yep. are down five straight quarters. Yep. How does that play into your strategy? So, look, I mean, so, again, people are talking about strong demand in the U.S., um, but, again, and, but again, this is more headline stuff. If you look at the actual data points, so specifically in the still sector, four key things we look at. We look at um, car sales uh, measured by SAR, which is total um, you know, uh, annualized car sales. That's rolling over now. Um, you can pull that up on Bloomberg, S-A-A-R. Um, we look at MSCI data, so that's U.S. service center data in the still space. And if you look at that data, it just came out yesterday. It was bad. Um, uh, we look at rig counts, and, and clearly rig counts are off the lows. But if you look at the chart, we're still near record lows, so still demand in that aspect is bad. And then we look at the um, architecture billing index for non-resi, and, and that's good. So three out of the four indicators are bad. And if you look at things like durable sales, uh, durable goods orders, um, wholesale inventories to sales, import prices, export prices, all of these things are, are basically pointing to recession in the U.S. So Look, we have um, a major uh, company reporting earnings at 4 o'clock. Uh, United Rentals is one of the companies we cover with a sell rating. Uh, we think the numbers are going to be bad. Uh, and we think the U.S. Um, overall, the U.S. is still marred in, um, you know, economic uh, economic weakness. So we think that despite the strength in the stocks, we think fundamentals are not good, and we think that's going to play out as earnings come out. I just want to follow up on your comments having to do with steel. I know you've been following the industry for a while. What about the imports of steel into the United States? Yeah, so it's interesting. If you look at it, imports are spiking up right now, and nobody's talking about this. And keep in mind, so what happened is steel prices in the U.S. spiked up, not because of demand, but because of protectionist measures. The U.S. Uh, uh, commerce, uh, essentially the U.S. government put very aggressive tariffs on a number of imports of steel from a number of different countries, and that caused prices to spike higher. So if you look at the spread of 
of U.S. prices to international prices, be it Europe, China, Turkey, whatever. U.S. prices are near record premiums to international prices. So, so what, what would you expect? You expect more imports, and you're starting to see that in the data. Imports are now spiking higher, but still the stocks continue to run higher. In fact, just yesterday, still Dynamics came out. Everybody expected them to talk very positively about Q, uh, the second half. Last year in their 2Q print, they said the second half was going to be great. This year, they're saying they see pressure in the second half. Despite that fact, you know the stock um, has you know over the past probably three months is up nearly 40%. So, again, we see some fundamental weakness coming in the second half, and I don't think investors are uh, positioned accordingly. Well, just to follow up on what you're talking about with Steel Dynamics, STLD, the shares are down 1.5% today, but combine that with yesterday's 4% decline, and you've got pressure on Steel Dynamics. Tell me about the link between money printing, perhaps by central banks, and commodity prices. Yeah, so... um, so, yeah, I think the link between central banks and commodity prices is, um, again, sentiment-driven. So, But the thought is, think about this. If, if every single central bank in the world does indeed um, drop helicopter money, and they do it in a su- substantial way, it's not $100 billion, let's say it's $4 trillion, um, essentially you're putting money um, in the pockets of people, but also you're, you're directing money specifically at infrastructure projects, buildings, et cetera, that would create – um, that would create, as we saw in China in 2008 and 9, demand for steel, demand for um, a number of different commodities, and thus support all of these different um, you know, commodity stocks. However, if you look at what people are actually saying, when I say people specifically, if you look at what Japan is saying, if you look at the, you know, the backdrop in the U.S., clearly it looks like we're not going to get a big stimulus package. I don't think you have support in Congress, even if the president wanted to do that. Um, uh, it's just not matching up with the expectations that people have. And again, we think it's going to play out in earnings. Um, and if you look at the fact that the Chinese yuan, the Chinese currency, they've devalued their currency to the lowest level in nearly a decade. Um, uh, what that means is that they're, ex- they're essentially exporting their deflation to the rest of the world. That is very scary because if China's exporting its deflation to the rest of the world, that's very negative for commodities, not positive. And right now, people just aren't looking at a lot of these dynamics. So, Gordon Johnson, what are you recommending that people do with their money right now? Uh, you know, the old adage, buy low, sell high. I would argue we're pretty high right now. In fact, we're at record highs, and the fundamentals don't match up. Um, the last few times we were at, you know, um, uh, you know, record highs, there were fundamental factors to support it, right? You know, during the tech bubble, at least people thought that these companies were going to grow at, you know, astronomical levels. Um, during the housing bubble, at least people thought that, you know, uh, home prices were going to continue to go higher, and that was going to cause economic growth. What do people think now? Why are we at record levels? We're at record levels because people are putting their bets that, hey, Stocks are going up, so they'll continue to go higher, and the federal, you know, the central banks are going to support us. But if you ask people how they feel about fundamentals and how they feel about economies, they don't feel so positive. So I think now's the time to sell. Thanks very much. Gordon Johnson, Managing Director, Head of Alternative Energy Research at Axiom Capital Management. This is Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. We're going to take you through to the close on Wall Street, and this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg. 